Thanks for listening to the Seeds Church Podcast. If you're in Middle Tennessee, we'd love to have you join us in person for one of our services. Check out SeedsChurchTN.com for times and locations. Now, here's our lead pastor, J.D. Swilly. to Luke's Gospel, chapter 1. Some of you probably have been in the book of Luke or Matthew quite a bit in the last several weeks, because this is where we find the Christmas story. This year's theme, uh, we mentioned this last week, and we've been mentioning it a lot through all the weeks, really. Uh, This year's theme has been trusting the Lord more than ever before. We started the year this way. We're ending the year with trust. Uh, and if we look at the players in all of the account of Jesus' birth, we see a lot of trusting God going on there as well. Uh, today I'm going to read this passage aloud. You can follow along quietly. Luke chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 26. In the sixth month, um, th- that would be the sixth month of Elizabeth's, Elizabeth uh, Mary's cousin, in the sixth month of her pregnancy, um, The angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your room and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I'm a virgin? This is impossible. And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. And as you're seated, turn to the person next to you and tell them that they look good today. Yeah, you do. Last week, we started this mini-series on trusting God's timing, trusting his timing. And we talked about some important truths regarding God's timing. Now, I know we had quite a few people not here. And for those of us that were, let's just do a quick refresher of that and bring us up to speed. Uh, we, We gave five truths regarding God's timing. The first one was this, is that God has a timetable for everything. 
He had a timetable for Christmas, and he has a timetable for your life. You are not here by accident. You are here on purpose with a purpose. Number two, God does not always tell us all of the details in advance. He doesn't give us all the details of things in advance. Why? Because he wants us to trust him. Trust involves faith. Faith involves relationship. And he says, hey, I am good. Everything I do in your life is because I love you. Just trust me. Number three, God says that he's never in a hurry and he's never late. You know, his timing is perfect. Our time is imperfect, but God is always on time. Number four, God's timing is not always convenient for me. Mm. His timing is always best, but it's not always easiest for us, is it? Number five, God can do anything instantly at the right time. The time that he says the right time, he can do anything instantly. God doesn't worry about time because he doesn't have to have time in order to accomplish what he wants to do. He's not bound by time. We also said this. We said that one of the most difficult places for us to be in life is in God's waiting room. What is God's waiting room? It's where we're in a hurry for something. We're really wanting something to happen, but God's not in a hurry, right? And he's not in a hurry at all. And so how many of you know that God's not a vending machine? You know, you don't just like pop in a prayer, push the button, and then your answer falls out. There are often delays, but often the delays are by design. Why? Because God is teaching us to trust him, and he's growing our character. So what are we supposed to do while we're in God's waiting room? This is where we left it off last week. We said that there were four things, and then we prayed and dismissed. But what are we supposed to do while we're in God's waiting room? Number one, fear not, fret not, forget not, and faint not. This is how we're supposed to respond to things when things are happening slower than we want them. But also, sometimes things are happening faster than we want them. So we're going to fear not, fret not, forget not, and faint not. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now, and we thank you for your word. We thank you for the inspired word of, uh, of God that was inspired by your Holy Spirit given to us. And Lord, what a day that we live in, that this book, this, your words are so readily available and accessible to us. We have such a great advantage over many of the generations before us. Lord, I pray that we would not... Um, take it for granted, but we would take full advantage of, of your, the accessibility and availability of your word, and that it would shape us and transform us into your likeness and image, and God, that today that we would be those who have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. And everybody said amen. Amen. Fear not. When, when we're in God's waiting room, in the waiting room of life, we're in a hurry for something to happen and it isn't happening in our timetable, but it's happening according to God's timetable. Or sometimes it's happening faster than our timetable would be. We are to fear not. And you think, J.D., that's great. We're not supposed to fear. That's wonderful. But what am I supposed to do? We're supposed to trust God. Instead of fearing, we're supposed to trust. The opposite of fear is faith. And when you fill your life with faith, then there's no room for fear. 
In Mark chapter 5, verse 36, Jesus said, don't be afraid, just trust me. This phrase, fear not, is in the Bible a little more than 365 times. That's more than one per day of the year. And so when we just read this in Luke chapter 1, where God's messenger Gabriel shows up to Mary, and he's like, hey, Mary, I've got good news. And her very first response is like freaking out. It's fear. And he says to her, hey, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You found favor with God. Now, how Mary found favor with God, we don't know the backstory of that. But here's what I do know today. Because of who Jesus is and because we call him Lord and Savior, we too have found favor with God. So we don't have to walk in fear. And if we go over to Matthew chapter 1, in this same story, you know, this is all going on with Mary. And then Joseph is like, I don't know about this. You know what? Uh, th- this girl's going to, I need to disassociate myself with her. I need to help save her from the wrath of the community. I'm going to break off this engagement. And he's just trying to kind of like get out of the situation. And also he loves and cares for Mary, I'm sure, and trying to do the best thing for her. So he's going to break this whole thing off. But an angel appears to him in a dream and also says, Joseph, you're, you're operating in fear. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And then after, after the Christ child has come and Mary and Joseph are in Bethlehem, then the angels show up just out on the outskirts of, of Bethlehem to some shepherds who are tending their flocks. And their first response is fear also. And there must be something about the presence of God that, that maybe is just a little bit like, oh my gosh, I, I like, it's not that we have to like be afraid of God, like he's gonna strike us with a lightning bolt, but there must be something about experiencing the presence of God in the ways that they're talking about that would catch us off guard. Because again, the angels say to them, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. What's God saying? He goes, I don't want you to be in fear. I want you to be in trust. Trust me. Trusting God is the number one stress reliever in your life. The less you trust God, the more you'll fear. But the more you trust, the less you'll stress. We've got to position our hearts in prayers to sound like David when he prayed this in in Psalm chapter 34, 14. He says, I trust in you, Lord. You You are my God and my times are in your hands. Now, that's a, that's a pretty all-encompassing encompassing statement. My, my times are in your hands. And we think about like, well, yes, you know, God, it, when it's our time, he calls us up to heaven. But think about it in a more of a day-to-day sense, not just uh, an entire lifetime sense, but in a day-to-day sense. God, I've got more to do than I've got time to do it in right now. Help me sort it all out. Help me focus on what needs to be done, the most important things, and help me not fear about the rest of the stuff. I surrender my life to you, God, which means I surrender my calendar and my schedule and my agenda to you. And I'm not gonna walk in fear over it. I'm gonna trust you. You know, another way to walk in trust and not walk in fear is when you go to the Lord and you're going to him in prayer and you're going to him and asking something of him, don't go determining in your heart what the deadline should be. You don't determine the deadline. 
He does. So don't stress over God's timetable. You are responsible for obedience. He is responsible for outcomes. Psalm chapter 69, verse 13. David said, I pray to you, Lord, so when the time is right, please answer me and help me with your wonderful love. Everybody say, when the time is right. We've been reading that same phrase. We read it a bunch last week. We're reading it here again. It's a lot all throughout the scripture. When the time is right. You go to God and say, God, I need a new job. I need a raise. Or I need to know how to stay in the job that I'm in. I need a way on how to deal with my boss or my employees or my clients or my spouse or my kids or my friends. I need, God, I I got this thing. But I'm not gonna determine the deadline, God. I choose to trust you. I choose to not walk in fear over this. Fear not. The second thing that God wants us to do is fret not. All right, so if I'm not supposed to fret, what am I supposed to do? You're supposed to be patient and humble. Be patient and humble. What does that mean to fret? Well, it means to worry. It's a little different than fear. It's a notch down, right? It's, or it's on a different level. When you fret, you're worried, you get stressed, you get anxious, you get irritable, you get fussy, you get impatient. I know that nobody in here knows what I'm talking about, right? Because, I mean, this is like the most calm and, and pressureless time of the year, right? As we're ending the year with family things, with school things, with business things. I just, I looked at Jamie last night and I, and I told her, I said, this is too much. And I started to walk out the room and she said, what's too much? Say more words. <laughs> I said, just everything. It's all, there, there's all kinds of good things. There's not anything bad going on in my life, but there's just a lot. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Right. And I notice myself when I'm stressing out over this stuff, I get a little bit irritable and short with people and fussy. People are laughing. Those people are like, yeah, I saw you get short and impatient and irritable. (laughs) We worry about things because things are happening either too slow or too fast. It's like, God, please, let's get this show on the road. Or it's like, ah, God, this is all happening too fast. Slow it down, please. And, and, uh, but, but trusting God and his timing is an act of faith. When you wait patiently, you are complimenting the Lord. You're saying, God, I have trust in you. I have faith in you. I'm dependent upon you. You know, we don't usually mind waiting sometimes as long as we, like, give ourselves leeway to be, you know, to complain about it. To complain and gripe. Like, we, we'll wait all day long if we can do those things. But God says, not only do I want you to not fear, I don't want you to fret. I don't want you to worry. Psalm 37 says, be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. Stop being angry. Turn from your rage Actually, I'm not reading it the way it was written because there's some exclamation points. Stop being angry. (laughs) Turn from your rage. (laughs) Don't lose your temper. It only leads to harm. You know, when we fret, 
when we worry, it actually is a gateway sometimes to other negative emotions. In the Bible, in your Bible, if you've got it there, uh, or if you've got even your digital Bible, you can highlight or underline that sentence that says, don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. If you're always paying attention to what's going on with other people, whether it's evil things or not evil things, you know, this particular verse is talking about, hey, yeah, they're, they're gaining over there, and their gain is not godly. It's not, it's, it's, uh, it's not scrupulous. Don't pay attention to that. Mind your own business. Stay in your lane. Do what God's called you to do. And, and sometimes, whether it's the other things are going on with other people, whether it's by evil means or just, uh, just not evil means, either way, the thing is this. Stay in your lane. Be who God's called you to be. Do what he's created you to do. Well, she got a new job, and I didn't. Well, he's got a nicer car. Well, they just got a new house. I, you could say that about half the people in the church right now. because it, it feels like half of us are moving. Oftentimes, when we compare ourselves to others, we make the choice to walk the path of discontentment. We are choosing discontentment. When we are looking around at what is going on with everybody else, instead of going, all right, God, I'm going to stay in my lane. You need to realize that you are one of a kind. You, you are not them, and they are not you. God has a plan for every single one of our lives, and they don't always look the same. But if you've got your eyes on what God's plan is for everyone else, you're going to miss out on what God's plan is for your life. And you're going to start fretting. And you're going to start worrying. You know what the problem is with worry? Worry is worthless. Worry is worthless. The second we spend in worry is the second we waste. Why? Because it's worthless. It can't do anything. Worry can't change the past and it can't control the future. All worry can do is make the day miserable. Worrying is stewing without doing. It's like running on a treadmill. You can run all day long, but you've not gone anywhere. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, Paul writes, Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let your petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. I like that. Um, paraphrase of this in the message. Let your petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Worrying will never change anything. But trusting in God and praying to him can make all the difference in the world. So we've said that in our not fretting, we're supposed to exercise patience. You know, when we pray for that, we pray for the, the power of patience Uh, from the Holy Spirit. It's a fruit of the Spirit, right? Patience is a fruit of the Spirit. We see that in the book of Galatians. And, you know, we we think of those, and I've said this before, many of you have probably heard me say this, but the the fruit of the Spirit that we see laid out in Galatians is not like um, a list, it's a checklist of like some things like we do and we like, okay, I I was patient. You know, I was was loved. I was kind. It's not like something we strive towards. It's actually... 
an overflow or an automatic result of spending time with the Holy Spirit and being shaped by him. An apple tree doesn't have to try to produce apples, right? It just does it because it's part of its DNA. And as a believer that's connected to the Holy Spirit, we, should, we, should, we don't really have to try necessarily to produce patience. It ought to be just the automatic fruit of our life because we've been connected to the source. So instead of fretting, we're supposed to exercise patience and we're also supposed to exercise humility. We're supposed to be patient and humble. First Peter chapter five, verse six says, humble yourselves under God's mighty hand so that he can lift you up when? At just the right time. There's that phrase again. At just the right time. God is looking for people who will trust him and depend on him. What is that called? It's called humility. Let's read that passage again, but this time I want to read it in the message prayer phrase. Uh, this is what it says. So be content with who you are and don't put on airs. Once again, don't play the comparison game. Be who God created you to be. God's strong hand is on you. He'll promote you. When? At the right time. Some of us think that we've got to promote ourselves. We think, well, if I'm going to be where God's wanting me to be, then i got to be all up on myself. i got to let everybody know about me because I'm so awesome, right? i got to let them know about me because God's plan for my life is so great. So here I am. Listen, you don't need to hire a PR firm. You don't need an image consultant. You don't need to market yourself. You don't need, you know, a lot of people think that they're, well, you know, I'm going to climb the ladder of success. But a lot of people have their ladder leaning on the wrong wall. If you just be content and say, God, I'm going to trust you in your timing. I'm not going to fear. I'm not going to fret. Help me be patient and humble. When that's our attitude, God says, those are the kinds of people that I'm looking for to help build my kingdom on the earth. These are the kinds of people, patient people and humble people, who I want to use to build my kingdom. You don't have to know the key men if you know the man who has the keys. God is the one who opens doors. He's the one that closes doors. He can do anything. So don't fear, don't fret, be patient and humble. Third thing is this. God wants us to forget not. When we're in the waiting room of life, he wants us to forget not. He doesn't want us, what does he want us to not forget? He doesn't want us to forget his word. This right here. We are to study God's word. Why? What's in us? Who he is and his promises to us. We, he's revealed to us who he is and his promises to us. The testimony of who he is, the testimony of what he's done, the testimony of what he will do. I want to challenge you and ask you this. In the Bible, there are countless promises of God. How many of them do you know? How many of them could you repeat? Can you name one? I'm sure you can, but why is that important? Why am I asking this? Because you can't stand on the word of God if you don't know the word of God. I just want to tell you this. This is where we're heading for 2022. 
the, the, the theme that the Lord is stirring in my heart for 2022 for Seeds Church is that we're going to be shaped by the word and led by the spirit. Shaped by the word, not the world, and led by the spirit, not the world around us, not the culture around us. We've all got insurance policies, right? I hope you do. If you don't, you need to get a ride home with someone else today on your way home from church. We have life insurance, health insurance, home insurance, car insurance, business insurance, liability insurance, so on and so forth. All kinds of insurance, right? But if I don't know what's in my insurance policy and I get into an accident or some kind, then guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to fear and fret. I'm going to worry. I'm going to be afraid. But if I know what my insurance policies cover and I get into an accident, then I don't have to worry about it because I know, oh, the insurance company has got it covered. Well, this is your insurance policy for your life. And if you don't know what's in here, it's no wonder that people worry and fret. But if you know what's in here, then you know what? It's okay. It's all good. Forget not. Forget not who he is and what he's done and what he's promised. Amen? We've got to study the word. James chapter 1 verse 25 says, The person who continues to study God's perfect teachings that make people free and they, who remains committed to them, they'll be blessed. If you look closely at the word of God, which means you read it and you reread it and you memorize it, And if you study it, which means that you're looking and gaining understanding, what does this really mean? You're not not reading a passage and you don't start with the question, what does this mean to me? That is not a good question to ask. That's not a good starting question to ask when you're reading the scripture because What does this mean to you? You could misconstrue that and misuse that. That's how people do misconstrue and misuse the word of God because they they don't know what it is that they're reading. And that's how people get all kinds of weird doctrines and uh, and weird theology about who God is and what it's like. The questions to to start with when you're reading the word of God is, what is the context? Who was this originally written to? What was going on at the time that this was written? How do other parts of Scripture, other portions of Scripture, support this passage? And then once we have understanding, we allow that understanding to shape our view of who God is and what he's promised and what he's going to do. Then we can say, in light of all of this, Holy Spirit, how do I respond? What are you speaking to me through this now that I have this understanding? Because, man, I'm telling you what. People read, read one verse, they pull it out of context, and then they justify some weird stuff in their life. Entire cults have been, entire denomination slash cults have been made around, have been made around, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not knocking denominational churches. I'm just saying there's weird things that are out there because people didn't get the real understanding they didn't get the real context. They started with the question, what does this mean to me? And they didn't look around and, and they read one verse. They didn't read the entire chapter or the entire book. And so after we get understanding, we say, Holy Spirit, now what are you speaking to me through this? 
Let me ask you a question. Have you ever memorized a single passage of the Bible, a single verse of the Bible? Again, I'm sure that you have, hopefully. But why is this important? Because if you haven't memorized any of God's word, how can you recall it in your time of need? When fear is trying to grip you, when fret and worry is trying to grip you, when stress is trying to overtake you, if you don't have God's word in you, how can you recall it in your time of need? James chapter 1, again, the person who continues to study God's perfect teachings that makes people free, who remains committed to them, there's a whole other part to it. It's like there's a commitment to God's word. There's a commitment to live it out in my life. They will be blessed. Going into this next year, you have a choice. Do you want to be stressed or do you want to be blessed? You want to be stressed, you want to be blessed. You want to be blessed? Commit yourself to the word of God. Be shaped by the word and be led by the spirit. What's the key to blessing? Study it. Commit it to memory. Do what it says. This Christmas, as your pastor, I want to give you a Christmas gift from the scripture. I want to give you a gift, a promise that will last you a lifetime. This is a promise that if, if you keep it and you do what God's word says, it will put you on the trajectory and keep you on the trajectory of God's destiny for your life. Look at this verse right here in Psalms chapter 1. We read this verse and looked at it a lot in our series last year called Rooted. But Psalms chapter 1, verse 1 says, Happy are those who find joy in obeying the word of the Lord, and they study it day and night. They're like trees that grow strong beside a stream, and they bear fruit at the right time. What does that mean? It means you'll be productive. It means your life will have meaning. It means that you'll live a life of significance if you obey God's word. Does it mean you'll never have any problems? No. Does it mean there won't be hardship? No. It doesn't mean everything will be perfect and rosy all the time and it's just going to be rainbows and unicorns and daisies. and No. But what it does mean, when Paul says this, he goes, I can do anything, right, through Christ who gives me strength. I can do anything through following the example that Jesus set for me. I can do anything as the Holy Spirit empowers me. And this right here, I'm going to obey the word of God. I'm going to study it day and night. I'm going to be like a tree that grows strong beside a stream and bears fruit at the right time. It doesn't matter if there's tornadoes. It doesn't matter if there's 80 mile an hour straight line winds. That tree is going to still be standing. And it's going to bear fruit when? At the right time. And whose leaves do not dry up. It means everybody else out in the world, I look around and the leaves are drying up. People's leaves are falling off the trees, but not my leaves. They succeed in everything they do. Now I have to decide, am I going to believe this promise of God or am I going to doubt it? We need to trust God's word. What does God's word say? We're going to trust that over what our feelings are trying to tell us every time. Every time. So when your timetable is different than God's timetable, when you're in the waiting room, when things are delayed or when things are moving too fast and you're feeling the stress of it all, God says, fear not, fret not, and forget not. 
And this last thing here, faint not. What does it mean? It means to keep on keeping on. Keep going. Persevere. Endure. Don't quit. Don't give up. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 says, just repeat this verse with me right here on the screen. So let's not get tired of doing what is good at just the right time. Say it again. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. At just the right time. So the question is, I have to you today is, what do you feel like giving up on? Gut level honesty, if we could get inside of your heart and your head, what would you say, man, I just, I feel like giving up on X, Y, Z here. Some of you feel like maybe you want to give up on your marriage. You feel like it's dried up, it's dead. You can't get on with it and you can't get out of it. Some of you might feel like you're about ready to give up on your career or your job. Man, I've tried and I've tried and I've tried and I just keep hitting a wall everywhere I turn. Some of you feel like you're ready to give up on the dream that God gave you. Some of you feel like maybe you're ready to give up even on your kids. Or a friend. Or some goal that you've been working towards. Maybe you've had setbacks. Maybe you've had some kind of financial goal that you've been working towards and you keep having setbacks and setbacks and you're feeling like, man, I just want to throw the towel in, forget this whole Dave Ramsey thing and let's just go get all the credit cards. Have a good old Christmas. Don't give up. Some of you feel like giving up on yourself. And that might look different in different ways. But some of you, in extreme cases, maybe you thought about taking your life. And I want you to know this. Long before you were born, God knew that you would be sitting here at Seeds Church today. Or you'd be watching this online. Or listening to this podcast. And he wanted me to say to you, faint not. Don't give up. Don't quit. There is light at the end of the tunnel. There's a breakthrough right around the corner. Don't give up, but look up. Don't give up, but look up. Look up to God. He created you. He sees you. He has a plan for your life. Don't give up. If you're gonna not, if you're gonna faint not, you're gonna need to trust God. You're gonna have to trust God in order to keep on keeping on. But in addition to trusting God, you're gonna need your church family. You need a spiritual family. You need your church. You need your life group. Teenagers, you need your youth group. Why? Because God put these people in your life at just the right time to help you through tough times. And for some of you, he's put you there to help someone else through tough times. 
but you need your church family. When you feel like giving up on yourself, again, the extreme version of that would be giving up on life altogether, but there's minor, other, lesser ways of still giving up on yourself and abandoning ship, you know, forgetting like, man, this plan that God has for me is too much, or this situation, the circumstance that I'm walking through right now is, is too much. I'm, I'm just going to do the easy thing. Instead of pressing in, I'm just going to coast. And people that don't know me very well, or you've not known me for a very long time, you don't know that I've had plenty of opportunities in my life, plenty of, of excuses, plenty of uh, good excuses. I mean, I've grown up in the in church my entire life, and that's been an incredible blessing. But, you know, you see all these people around the world and in the church, and they're abandoning ship. And I look at, the, I look at those people and say, I get it. I understand. I've been there. Walk through those circumstances. You're not going to tell me anything that's not going to surprise me. Now, you might tell me things that might break my heart, but you're not going to tell me anything that's going to surprise me. And people have said things about me. People have done things to me. And I've got just as every right as anyone to give up. I'm not going to end my life, but I give up on the ministry. Walk away from the church. Go into some other area of business, make a lot more money. But I'm so glad I haven't given up on God's plan for my life. And I'm even more glad that God hasn't given up on me. See, don't give up because God's not giving up on you. He has a good plan for your life. Don't fear, don't fret, don't forget. And this one right here, don't faint, don't give up, don't quit. When it comes to God's timing in our lives, may we have the exact same attitude that Mary had when Gabriel was telling her all of this. And what did Mary say? Behold, I'm the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Let it be to me according to the right time. Let it be to me according to God what you've said, not what I feel. Let's stand together. As your pastor, I'm gonna pray over you this morning and I wanna invite you to agree with me in prayer. Let's go to the Lord. Father, this, uh, this issue of timing and delays, God, and rushing, it all has an incredible potential to stress us out, to bring fear and worry and anxiety, especially, God, when we forget how much that you love us. But right now, in this moment, we acknowledge that you've always been there. You've always taken care of us, even sometimes when we've ignored you or sometimes when we've second-guessed your goodness. You've not changed. You've always been there. Even when we haven't seen it, you've been there. And Father, today there's people here who are in the waiting room. 
They're waiting for something to happen, but it hasn't happened yet. I pray that each of us, God, will lean into the power of the Holy Spirit that's at work within us to help us to trust you, to help us to trust your timing, to trust your goodness, to trust your power, to trust your providence. Now you pray. Just in your own words. It's not important what the, you say the exact right words. What matters is the position of your heart. Are you humble before the Lord? Great. Then just go ahead and express to God what's in your heart and your head about all of this concerning trusting him and his timing. Just talk to him just for a second. Lord, we admit we often get stressed by the timing in life. We don't like to be rushed. We don't like delays. God, we need your help to fear not and to fret not, to forget not and to faint not. We need your help. God, we we ask you forgiveness right now. Forgive us for all the times that we've impatiently rushed ahead of you because we were in a hurry and we ended up making dumb decisions. Forgive us for all the times that we've tried to control a situation or even control people. And we thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you for it. Lord, teach us to relax and teach us to trust your perfect timing. Help us to remember that you're never late and that you're never in a hurry and that we don't have to run ahead of you. Remind us that you can do more in a second than we can do in a lifetime in our own effort, but at just the right time, God, that you can do more in just a moment. And God, for those here today that need to call upon the saving grace of Jesus, for those who want to be saved from hell and and spend eternity in the presence of their loving, mighty, righteous, and good creator, God, I'm gonna ask you, if you're here today, to repeat this prayer with me. Repeat it after me. And for all of the believers in the room, we're gonna ask you to join with us in prayer and repeat it with us as an affirmation of your faith in Jesus and salvation. So just repeat this after me. Say, Father, thank you for Christmas. Thank you for sending Jesus at just the right time. I want to surrender my life to your will. I want to receive your saving grace. So please save me. Save me from myself, my mistakes, and my sin. Save me from hell and the power of darkness. Save me from my stress, my sadness, and my shame. I need your salvation in every area of my life. Thank you for loving me and wanting to save me. I want to trust you every day of my life. Fill fill me with your Holy Spirit and make a difference with my life. Thanks for listening. Stay connected with us at SeedsChurchTN.com and on social media. Our mission at Seeds Church is to help people discover who God created them to be 
and equip them to do what He called them to do. One of the easiest ways you can help us accomplish our mission is by simply sharing this podcast. You can do so by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it with your friends on Facebook. Thanks again for listening. We hope to see you soon.